On the spencer of the pest, poking out at the cons, renaissance fest, watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fat boy. I'm singing along the music. Listen up, fat boy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here's your host, a man who blacked himself out today, Derek McCoy. Uh, yes. uh, Stop, yes. Derek. I, I, no, no, I'm in. I, I'm against huh? Sopa. I'm against Sopa. It's okay. Uh, you don't like it, the Sopa? I do like it, the Sopa. How do you oh. think Pippa feels this, uh, today? I don't. You know. don't like it, the Pippa? I don't care. My name is Derek McCoy. I'm editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. Come on by some night. Uh, as one of our uh, panelists did tonight. That's He's a sincere visiting. invitation. It is a sincere invitation. There's rumor there's going to be a lot more room for us. Um, they're Not building for us. us. They're building us our own studio. No, no, no. that's what yes. I heard. No. That's what I heard. That's what it's no. going to be. That's We're going to be gonna cramped say. into an even smaller corner. No, no, look, I'm, I'm believing in the power of positive thinking. And, yes. of course, to my right, I'm positive it's my announcer. Lon cramped in the closet, Lopez. You know, all we have to do is put some dice on the table and we'll get one of those. That's right. And then, uh, all the way from Los Angeles, just here for the night, well, and a few days more for to visit family, sure, but he stopped by to be with us. That's, That's you. you. That's yeah. It's Mike Flores. How are you <laughs> doing, guys? The, the gig is yeah. he introduces yeah. you and then you introduce yourself. Well, he didn't uh, introduce himself, or he didn't introduce him. He just I he never oh, says I, our names. We say our names. Yeah, ourselves. but he don't know that. See, well, that. I'm just off the street, so I, just, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> and we're hoping to uh, wash you up, shave you, give you a haircut. There later. you go. Excellent. And uh, and make him my caddy, like Happy Gilmore. There you go. Right. And uh, <laughs> Katie Corner from me, of course, podcast producer, Moral Compass, clean shaven, Rick Brett Snyder. Oh, you are clean shaven. I am. Yes. What did, he used to have a soul patch before? I don't remember. Uh, that was a, just missed. He had a Fu Manchu mustache. Yeah, I did. Oh. Many years. Yeah. A lot like of Joe people, Flacco. A lot of people forget about that, but that's, that's indeed how he. Uh, I played Bernardo in West Side Story. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, we got some comics news. We got some movie news. We got some TV news. We're actually starting a little late tonight because let's start with some comics news by promoting yes. an event that San Jose, that a, a business in San Jose is trying to start that is very nerd oriented. Oh, yeah. In fact, they're calling it the Nerd Market. Ooh, so you can just go buy some nerds and bring them home with you? That that might be the idea. Do they have nerd girls there? I think they're shooting for the second Wednesday every month. It is the Slave Labor Graphics. Oh, so it is. Our SLG Boutique Boutique Gallery, which is on Market Street in downtown San Jose. Uh, and they open up their back. Where apparently they've been having uh, they, they have a rock gallery. shot rock concerts. They've been having rock concerts. They and now they're looking for a night to have a, a nerd market, like a flea market of all kinds of geek oriented stuff. And a bunch Derek of and I hit coming. it this evening. We did hit it this evening. At, <laughs> wait a minute, um, please tell me you got that. <laughs> please, I suddenly realized what you said, Rick. We hit the the, the nerd market. <laughs> I know. It so hurt. you guys hit it. Huh? We did, yeah. and uh, we got some stuff. Uh, tell what you got. Tell what you got. You're uh, so happy. Uh, I I got uh, a, a a DVD of the of a live action Ultraman movie that was shot within the last three years. That's a planet of Ultraman. So it was like I don't know what the actual Japanese title is. And a planet all I, of villains uh, and and a planet of monsters. And so basically, um, that's all I need. I don't even need Ultra subtitles. War. I just need an Ultra War. Um, and I'm very excited about that. So I'm 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 really excited that. Nerd market exists. Oh, so again, no. shooting for the second Wednesday every month. How many people were there? Uh, we got there really. Actually, they let us in a little early because we kind of wandered over and they said, oh, "Okay." Um, so so it was like they were still setting up when we were yeah. going around. And this is all in the back inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there. So were, it's in the middle back because they have this huge area behind yeah, that as because well. Because they were, they are. They do run slave labor comics or slave. So labor you have to go graphics. through the storefront. Yes. yes. To get to the. New but everything market. in the storefront was twenty percent off tonight. Yes. So they're of also going to be a percentage. Yeah. So it's. And they've got some high-end stuff. They've got some cool stuff in that gallery. So, um, and And they're nerds. not themselves a store. They're a gallery. And, and there are a few nerds coming in, but yeah. no, it's going to change. We ran into some friends. And I really think that uh, downtown San Jose needs that kind of kind of business going. And a so soul. A we spirit. Want, we want to uh, support that. Viv. So here's to Dan Vado. We had a great conversation tonight, and uh, we want to see more nerd markets. Yep. Okay. 
All right. Let's do it. So let's talk about some comics. The biggest news in comics this week is the leaked new DC logo. Have you seen this? Wait, they leaked on it? Wait, I didn't... What did you say? The le- no, I don't else know. It was it. not officially released, but it, it came out. They applied for a trademark in England, so the image got uh, I'm curious. Got didn't they just put out like that a new like logo two, four three years, years ago, ago? Five years Actually, ago? if you go to DC Comics in New York, they have a hallway that has every logo they've ever had on going up and down both sides of the hallway. I do think you got special treatment. I don't think the average listener could go into... I'm, I didn't say you could, but they do. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I took pictures so of it. So suck it, listeners. And in fact, uh, Lon has those tattooed yeah. up his leg. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Every time every, they switch the logo, <laughs> yes. I get it on me. Yes. I want it on me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so, yeah, what do we think of this Can we describe it first? It's hard to say. Well, wait, let's let's go back to, in your personal opinion, professional, humble, pre- whatever opinion. Right. What's the most iconic DC logo? Um, one, it's a circle. I, I've adjusted to the one they've had, but mm. I, I, I think of the circle with, with the, of, stars the stars around stars, it yeah. and the DC kind of tilted to yeah. the left. I mean, but that's, and I think it's iconic to me because that's what I grew up. Mm-hmm. Well, it has uh, those elements that it has the DC, it has yeah. the circle, and it has the stars. Right, which those the, are the, the most recent stayed the most, most recent the logo, which they um, had come under fire for. Uh, as well, um, come under fire for. Well, wow. people complain because people don't like change. Mm. Like when you think about mm. Marvel changing their logo, it doesn't. They really haven't because they've always stayed with kind of Marvel. It's always very clear. Yeah, uh, it's been in like a red and black variation. Block, Even block when letters. they went to the block M, it was still there. And you, you know, yeah. and you grew up. We certainly grew up, and they and still a bunch of publishers will do this if they want to harken back to a certain time. You put that red stripe across the top of the cover. And put like you know, I've even seen it, it right. do it like on Savage Dragon Image Comics Group, and you know it's Marvel. The words always like there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there's always some kind of connection there, and it's the same thing. And I feel like every variation of the DC logo has been somewhere along there. Even the most recent one had the star oh, they had swirling it. around. It's still on the current 52s. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And we've come to ex- accept that, expect that, and this new logo seems designed by someone who doesn't understand. That it's got to pop off the off the. This could be a logo for a set of uh, cooking ware that's nonstick. It's, it's very boring. It's, yeah, it's, it's so. Well, let's dro- describe it for the people who haven't okay, seen so it. So basically, it's it looks to me like it's layered. Like there's a big blocky C, and the D. Give is, me a C, a and, bouncy C. And the D is over it, and it's like being peeled off, like it's a sticker. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the mistake, if we can be so bold and not something is that for the past few years that sw- that swooshy the the one with the star right. has been at the beginning of every animated film mm-hmm. it's been at the beginning of every tv show on cartoon network mm-hmm. that's dc related mm-hmm. and it's been on the uh, uh, in front of john hex green lantern but also batman mm-hmm. begins and the dark knight rises yeah uh, or the dark knight and all the cartoons yeah, the, yeah the dark knight so well, as i said all the cartoons and so it's I mean, we have made an association. And I was thinking about it last night. I go, is that really that big a deal? I mean, you know, I went Paramount's... No, Paramount really hasn't changed. Columbia... No, Columbia really hasn't. Uh, you know, MG... No, they haven't. Universal. Uh, you know, I mean, they've done a variation, but it's still... There's an icon, iconic vision yes. there to it. And this has nothing. It's like somebody new came in and, and went... It doesn't have... Mm, that, that 80 years of business, that it's, doesn't matter. It smacks of a new art director who's trying to put something on his his achievements for the year. I redesigned the logo. Well, then logo. he can tattoo it on his achievements. Yes. But you're yes, leaving yes. out the most important thing that it's lacking. Color? Color. Yeah. It's, it's, it's grayscale. Gray. But I think that maybe just for the trademark purpose, oh, right, right. Grayscale, it might be color. But how color. much That's more can it pop if it's in color? Not the answer is none. None can I, can I do a quick little um, audio comparison for our listeners sure. at home? For those of you who are, did, don't have sight or cannot see this, this is this is what the old logo sounded like. It was the DC swooshed in stars and everything, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, kind of like That's that. power. Right? Mm. This new one's kind of, uh, it, since the D's being peeled back from the C, it's kind of like, kind of like that. You know what I mean? Not as exciting. Mm. You know First I mean? was a little flummy, but I liked it better. Right. You <laughs> I know did. What I mean? It's like, didn't, when you're reading comics, don't you want to hear, you know, like that? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, right. Someone's I, I'm not sure. 
<laughs> um, could someone get one of those suction pumps and just uh, clear Lon's lungs out? <laughs> <laughs> that's Lon the, that's the, the new one. That's the new right. one. Yeah. And plus, if it's going to be for the movies, too, it doesn't look great on the screen. I mean, no. it doesn't look no. good at all. So. And they're keeping it. They're ca- they're yeah. totally committed to it, or what? I don't know. Has there been comment? Um, I don't know officially. De- I don't. What think- I understand is they're actually coming out with fifty-two new logos. Oh, <laughs> you suck! Wow. Um, DC Entertainment has so far remained silent. Yeah, but what are they going to do? I mean, every time you make an accusation, you know, you, people criticize something. Dan DiDio comes out and says, "No, this is the way we had it planned." Yeah. Until three months later, when no, this was the way we had it planned. What, what you remember insane? something else? Yes. You know. That uh, never happened. That never happened. So, speaking of, shall we go to talking about DC and their publishing plans right now? I think we should. Okay. Moving on. Okay, I will, because uh, i got to say, uh, and Mike Flores helped me out oh, with wait. this. Before you go into it, though, I just want to say Long that I'm really... momentum killer. Well, no, no, because I just really want to... <laughs> you said let's go, and then you stopped me. Well, no, because I wanted to, to like back you up with this and say that you guys have been talking about DC... For the last few weeks in the New 52, and so I got excited, and I went out, and I started collecting a bunch of books, uh-huh. and I'm, like, really into them now. And all six and of your uh, favorites are being canceled, right? <laughs> no, that they're getting canceled? What are you talking no, about? I'm really into OMAC. Reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really into uh, the Blackhawks. Maybe Men of War. Just, just Black I Hawks. love Men of War. Mr. Terrific is awesome. Terrific. I love Mr. Terrific with his flying discs and stuff. Yeah. Check that Static Shock, too. How about yeah. that? I love Static Thing. Hawk and Dove was my favorite. Rob yeah, Liefeld. Well, all six of those have been canceled. But if yeah. you're a Rob Liefeld fan, if uh, you're a Rob Liefeld fan, it's okay. Oh. Because he's going to be writing three other books. He's taking over Hawkman because he loves those Hawks. Wow. He's taking over. Uh, they said he's going to be co- he's going to be given a co-writer. Uh, he's taking over. Here you go. Deathstroke. <laughs> and uh, but he's not drawing them. Uh, oh God! I hope not. So um, the guy who came to fame as an artist, right, is not drawing. You know, anymore. if you're going to add two to that list of six, it'd be Hawkman and Deathstroke. Uh, I'm yeah. Wait, Hawkman yeah. and Deathstroke have their own book? Yes. Yeah. Not their no, two book. different books. Oh, no, that'd be say. too much like Cable and Deadpool. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Hawkman and Deathstroke. Uh, yeah, Tony Daniel is leaving Hawkman, but I haven't really enjoyed his work on Hawkman, no. even though I've been enjoying his work on on uh, Detective uh, or Batman. I think he. Which one? I can't remember which one he's doing. I don't remember. Batman. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's leaving and Rob Liefeld's taking over there. And it is just like, it, it's, okay, let's just put this in the correct perspective. Rob Liefeld is writing and drawing Hawk and Dove. Yeah. One of the first books to be canceled. Uh-huh. Clearly because his writing and drawing was not enough to get people excited. Now, I'm not holding the man personally responsible for this. I'm just saying, as a business decision, this is what's wrong with the corporate America. This is a CAO who's been given a golden parachute of, you you drove a book that had a lot of excitement behind it right into the ground. What book had a lot of excitement? Well, all the New 52 oh, would say, okay. you know, the, the idea was... I was, also gonna, I was actually, not not that I'm a big fan... Yes, but Hawk and Dove as a concept, as a book, has never worked for me. No, and that may be. Ever. And, I don't and, know and why DC keeps going back to that well. I because they're very colorful and they yes. and they're very simple. They're in awful costumes. costumes. Birds, and I love their costumes. Oh. I, I do love their costumes. Yeah. I do love their costumes. But the point is, this is a guy who, in six issues, drove that book to cancellation. So let's reward him with three, three books. new ones. All right. sure. mm. That is funny. So well, maybe they well, had the executioner. No, he's the one who kills off the books. Oh, so they die. want to kill right. Hawkman. Or maybe he had to sign a big contract. Don't you? And it's just I, so he's just trying to finish off the contract. Just finish off the contract. Maybe well, there could be. There might be something. Yeah. Be, but now, of the ones that are canceled, I've got to admit, I have not enjoyed Blackhawks or Men at War. No, mm. those books. Um, I was not enjoying Hawk and Dove. I was not enjoying Mister Terrific. That was the most incompetently written and drawn book. Of all of them. Well, his name's Mr. Terrific. He wasn't that terrific. That's a terrible name for and a I, superhero. No, I love the character. I love back, the, Michael back Holt. Back in the day. No, I really loved him in the JSA. Yeah. Omac, this is a disappointment. How do you Because I thought Omac was fun either. as all get out. Um, and with a, with a thing that says fair play? No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you strike fear in the hearts of the criminals? That wasn't the point of Mr. Terrific. He was to inspire, not to terrorize. So you what know? did he do then? He was generally terrific. Oh. Okay. He's really he was like he was like the DC universe's Mister Fantastic, and I am disappointed. Yeah. The Static Shock is canceled, except that 
because I've always I liked the old static right. book. I did. I really wasn't enjoying what they've done with it in this revamp. What were they doing with it? They took everything that made static his own kind of character in his own universe. You know, if you if you knew anything about the Milestone universe, what were some of the things that come to mind? They were all black. Not all of them, but oh, okay. they, but uh, ethnic urban. But it was very urban, very ethnic, and they lived in a community called Dakota. And where there had been an accident, a release of this experimental gas that gave most of the people their superpowers. Hmm. The exception being Icon, who was an alien who had already been there. And Hardware had been, uh, was, was like the Iron Man of the group. Yeah. Um, and so they make reference to Dakota. That, that universe or, 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 or that environment was kind of what made Static and the milestone, other Milestone characters unique. That it was a little more honest, a little gr- grittier, a little urban. In fact, out of those books, I liked more than static, I liked Icon and um, and Blood Syndicate. I really they, liked Blood Syndicate. They the, tried to inject street language through the use of squiggle lines that were supposed to be yeah. curse words. But um, and then they moved. So they 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 moved Virgil Hawkins to New York for this for this reboot, and they took ev- took him away from everything that made it comfortable. Uh-huh. And they didn't reboot him, so they had plot lines left over from a decade ago. That who the heck remembered that that's what had happened? They didn't of all even the characters to reboot, he would be the best to reboot, wouldn't he? Or Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they should have just rebooted it. And instead, they that was one that inexplicably was a continuation. And and yet, kids would love Static, but you walked in and it was so steeped in a continuity that no one remembered. And hardware was lurking in the background, like bankrolling him, and there was a thing with his sister having been cloned. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. That just sounds. It was just poorly not conceived. Fun. It was not. It was not fun. Give me a yeah. kid with electric powers who's learning how to use them, and he shocks friends by accident, and he learns how to fly, and he's a reluctant hero. That's, that's all there. Yeah, that's what be. I'm saying. Give me yeah. that. Yeah, it, it was that simple. Um, so they're replacing. Can't turn them. on the water. So they're replacing them with. Well, we came up with five books here. I can't remember what the Which sixth is, book is. Where were they? Um, uh, so we'll talk about it. Um, let's bring well, they were my six favorites. And they haven't even come no, out No, the ones yet. that are coming out. Oh, yeah. the new yeah, one's yeah. coming out. So there's a book officially called Earth 2. I love that show. Anthology? Um, uh, no. It, well, it's going to be where the JSA is. So okay. the JSA is on Earth 2, and apparently, and I haven't read it yet, Stormwatch number 5 yeah. has the Golden Age, has a gallery with the Golden Age Green Lantern's ring in it. You know, I saw that. And so there's an implication that Stormwatch is able to go between, so the bleed is going to be their way into Earth 2, which is cool. They're still not calling it the bleed, though. But we know. Yeah. Some of us know. Okay, but there's a but it's dimension. I think it's called I think, Crack. I think the writer for uh, Mr. Terrific is also working on that book. I'm not sure the writer is for that, or... <laughs> Derek, no, don't leave! <laughs> I'm back. Okay, um, so that's disappointing. Thanks, Mike. Wow. Um, <laughs> Dial H, so reviving the Dial H for Hero. Again? Uh, well, you know, the last series they did, Dial H, by Will Pfeiffer, was actually really good. So without tying it around um, Robbie... What the heck was that guy's name? Sakamaji. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Robertson. I, it, it might have really? actually been that, Robbie Robertson, in the house, old House of Mystery series. I have the showcase. I should read it. Um, and... And that was more of a kid's thing, but the last Dial H was actually really adult and very interesting. Like, what does it take to be a hero? I want to see Dial H crossover with Resurrection Man. <laughs> I think you've said that before. I would totally love I that. I did not say that. I would either. totally love that. Um, so, But that's going to be a new take. And it's an interesting concept. And that's one of those that I'd say is you talk about creating sort of a, an anthology that would work in terms of a concept for TV. Yeah. Um, I, I'd really like to you know see that. World's Finest. Is coming back. Batman Wilson, and Superman, Huntress and Power Girl. Mm, so I give it six. Books. Kind of an Earth Two thing there. Earth Two Birds of Prey kind of thing. Maybe kind of uh, GI Combat, which will then be rotating revivals of the different concepts like the War that Time Forgot, the Haunted Tank, the Losers may be in there. I think I may have hmm. seen that referenced. Um, not the Vertigo version, but the original ones, uh, and maybe yeah. a chance for the original Sergeant Rock to show up again. Uh, See that's what Captain Savage, Captain Savage, and is, is he? No, he's not the Leatherneck Raiders. That's is he? It's a, and the Leathernecks and the Leathernecks. Yeah, yeah. and the then submarine guys. And then a, a book called The Ravagers, which is going to spin out of Teen Titans. And I don't think I've caught up far enough on Teen Titans to. Isn't Ravage what's his name's daughter? 
Uh, Rose is, I think she's Ravager, but it's also... Oh, named, Deathstroke's daughter? Yeah, Deathstroke's yeah. daughter, but I think she took her name after his oldest son, who'd been the Ravager as well, and in Deathstroke, they mentioned that Grant might still be alive. Uh. So I think there's something... Is Jericho still alive? Uh, they haven't said anything about Jericho, hmm. but all the past Teen Titans, it's kind of vague, like they don't really want to get in there. And I'm going to give you that, I've... I've caught up a little bit on Red Hood and the Outlaws, and after the first couple of issues, I think it's a better book. Yeah. But the problem is that the first two issues still exist, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's as if like somebody went, um, they don't like what you did, and so now Starfire is totally written differently. It's just and they there's just no explanation. Tone them down. And um, so, how yeah. come they're not like? I know they're doing everything kind of experimental right now, but like. They're doing that anthology book with the, what was it called, uh, GI Combat or something yeah. like that? Yeah, and they're my, uh, doing My Greatest Adventure, which has Robot Man and... Uh, yeah, how come, like, for, Man? like, all these, like, properties, like Hawk and Dove, who else is, like, OMAC and other ones, why don't they just do little eight-page little, you know, weekly... I don't know. Because, you know, didn't... That kind of worked for, uh, 52, remember when, yeah. uh... Every week you read, you know, eight yeah. pages of one storyline. And essentially, they're doing this with DC Comics, DC Universe Presents, by having Dead Man is going to be five issues, and then some other title uh, feature is going to go in there. And but if they did that, like, like how they did Fifty Two, because they had like what four different teams working on it. Yeah, yeah. And they just did their story, and they plopped it in the yeah. in the book, and then that way you had an interesting book to read every week, or. In this case, you can make it every month. Yeah, and then there you go. You keep your properties alive, and you can tell the stories. And yeah, I no, I would I, read that. I would read that more than a single Hawk and Dove because I love Hawk and Dove. Not but a, a whole series of Hawk and yeah, Dove. Yeah, but if but I got you, but you know, and, a yeah. little taste. And the uh, other point is too, if you're going to try to push to bring new readers in, and it's still at two ninety nine, we're we're kind of inured to that as a cost. But if you're walking in like Barnes and Noble, where they put these comics on the magazine rack. Mm-hmm. And you pick up, say, Hawk and Dove with like five splash pages, and uh, it, it's almost incoherent. And you look at that and go, two ninety nine? You want my three bucks when I get a cup of coffee um, that will last me more than the five minutes it will take to flip through <laughs> right. this book? Not it's even just, five minutes. Right. They've got to stop. Yeah. They can't think about storytelling the way they did. I agree with you. If I picked up for two ninety, uh, even three ninety nine, three different titles at eight pages, and they were really well written, eight page. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I've been going back into the DC archives. I, I picked up over Christmas the Dr. Fate. And, yes, they're silly stories, but eight pages. More happens in eight pages of an original Golden Age Dr. Fate story than it happened in eight issues of his last miniseries. Mm. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. like the I, I'm saying right now DC, Marvel, everybody, you have to go back to compressing your storytelling because it's just not – of value to spend three bucks to most people. We were in the habit, and I know you're not necessarily in the habit anymore, Lon, but why? Because the book you, you will spend money on is like Walking Dead, where something happens every month, and you can't get enough of that book. True. Yeah. I just like to, I like to be able to sit down and read a story and take something away from it. And again, I would say, I recommend if you haven't been reading it, Jim Shooter's blog, and that's his big complaint. Like He's, re, he's reviewing... Uh, Wonder Woman this week and going through that and it's like and it is interesting he makes good points I'm enjoying the Wonder Woman book but he does make some really good points about again if you walked into a store and said oh I like Wonder Woman and picked that up would that be the book that that is satisfying to you you know what I just did last week um, before we got out of here after the podcast was uh, two books I really liked were uh, the the last two Avengers annuals Mm -hmm. um, which I always thought the, the Simon Williams stories, right? Yeah, 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 and I always thought annuals were kind of a cool thing that Marvel yeah. did. You know what I mean? I don't. DC doesn't do DC annuals. did them. Do they? They, okay. did. they did. They haven't for a while, but but it's just kind of nice to be able to go. All right, I don't really know what's going on with Avengers, but I can pick up this single book or in this part it was like a two parter. Yeah, right, right. Um, there were a number of years when that 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 wasn't the case for annuals because they decided that annuals were where the big events crossed big over. crossover. Yeah, well, I liked but, when they were just big stories you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just get some. Well, you big think about story. some of those Fantastic Four annuals and what they did in those stories. We, we we're not that old. No, we uh, are. No, you are. Anyways, <laughs> that Simon Williams arc was awesome. So that was like one of the last. I, I, I'm not. Anyway, go ahead. Good yeah. Avenger story I read in a long time. Did you guys read those? Did you pick those up? No, no. It's 
pretty good. I, I recommend them. I, I don't remember. All right. Check them out. Because I have a feeling it's going, those annuals are going to lead to this end event that we talked about oh, a couple yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. With, with Walt Simonson yeah. and Ryan. Which I failed to mention, Walt Simonson drew this week's issue of Legion of Superheroes. So he's really coming back and uh, doing some mainstream Good. Work. We need him. The world needs more Simonson. No, yeah. I mean, that's a great artist with a great, you know, I, yeah, I'm eager you to know see what? work on Avengers. You know what he's done the greatest of? His signature. Is the greatest artist signature? Oh, the arching. He does the dinosaur. Yeah. Hmm. So is it a dinosaur? It's a bron- uh, well, a, or a diplodocus. What is the, the brachiosaur? That's brachiosaurus. What the, was the brontosaurus? And they say that doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Yeah. So, the uh, the six book, by the way, that the new one is yeah. going to be uh, uh, Batman Incorporated. That, that, of that, course, that, yes. Yeah, okay. that's what they're bringing. Like out. Kids Incorporated. Exactly. <laughs> you want to sing it? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. The, uh, is it still subtitled Leviathan? They said it was going to be... I didn't see a subtitle as Leviathan, okay. but, but I think it, it's... But it's Batman Incorporated subtitle Leviathan? Because they're going up against... Uh, Talia is Leviathan. That's why they did this special Batman Incorporated Leviathan Strikes. And so... Is that like a group, or she's actually a monster? She is calling herself Leviathan and having an organization because she has basically declared war against Bruce Wayne because Damien has decided to choose the path of light and be Robin and not take his grandfather's place in the League of, of Assassins. Extraordinary gentlemen. Oh. So so do the events of Batman and Robin lead into that or because... Um, something else is happening which I, in Batman and Robin which I think is to also tie into Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. Because uh, Henry Ducard's son is... Um, Henri. Henri Ducard's son is trying to steal away... Uh, Damien's loyalty from Batman. And oh, so okay. we know that that was Liam Neeson's character in Batman, Batman. Begins. But he, but he was Ra's al Ghul in Batman. Yes, he Begins. was, but he was both. So it's like, so if you uh, go in and you read Batman and Robin right now, you go, oh, Ducard, I know. Mm-hmm, if you had yeah. seen Batman Begins and that was your taking, you'd go in and go, oh, I know that character. I know who that is. So, yeah, I, I think that's what's. So wait. Who's. Is Henri Ducard's son? Dead. Yes. Razagul's son? No. no. Oh, okay. They're separate characters in the, in in the, the comic. comic. Okay. But there's nothing. But you said this had something to do with Dark Knight Rises. And I'm saying it's a tie in so that if you, if we know that Dark Knight Rises is going to involve uh, Talia. Uh, oh, it is? Mar- Marion Cotillard is, uh, is allegedly Talia. Oh, it I hasn't did not know proven, that. It hasn't been proven, but that's. But she Just has something to do with the League of Assassins, and that somebody yeah. plays a young Liam Neeson uh, in the film. Someone was cast that way. So. Hmm. You know, it, it's just, it's like what Marvel does, honestly, much better, because Marvel has many more films uh, coming at the fans, but um, they always have these tie-ins. And Green Lantern was good. And no. these storylines, <laughs> uh, but like last year, there was a, you know, you could get Captain America number one after the movie came out, and you walk in and there was nothing in that first issue brilliantly written to invalidate anything you learned. Or confuse you from anything you learned watching the movie. Yeah. I don't know if the if the rest of the issues followed suit, but you got hooked knowing this is all I needed to know. Everything mm-hmm. was in the movie. So, without invalidating any of their comic book continuity. Hmm. So, let us talk some relaunch stuff. Today, uh, Extreme Comics, speaking of Rob Liefeld, his old imprint Extreme, uh, gets the first of its new relaunches from Image with Profit, number 21, and did you ever read Profit in the you 90s? You know, it's like, it's weird. You're saying Extreme Comics and Profit, and there's like those little... Extreme tw- Studios, I'm sorry. But there's like this little twinge in the back of my memory that's kind of like wiggling right now, but I can't bring up the... Like, was it Mark? You saw it on the shelf, but like... Maybe. Just, I can't bring the, up the he memory. He like padded helmet... Thing that, like, oh like yeah, a it's, like a, it's like a it's like a boxing a, face. Yeah, mask. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a very. I thought that very, was Shatterstar. Shatterstar had Shatterstar it. Too. Had yeah. Yeah. Liefeld yeah. repeated a lot. I thought of that was work. Shaft from. Uh, um, <laughs> he went yeah, to Africa from too. From Youngblood. Youngblood, right? Yeah. Um, but this version of Prophet, even though it started with number twenty-one, where I guess the previous book had ended at twenty, is like a complete rethinking and actually getting really good reviews. I did not pick it up. But it's not written or drawn by Rob Liefeld. It is not. He just oh, owns the owns the thing. And then our own uh, Joe Keating will be involved in the Extreme Studios uh, relaunch. So oh, by the I way, don't know which title Joe's got? But did Chew the new Chew come out today? Yes, it did. He's got Major League Chew. He's got a his backup story debuts in the end. Back of it, Joe Keating's. Yes. Oh. Hell yeah. Oh, awesome. So we'll have to pick that up. All right. 
Hey, Joe. To all you listeners out there, go get Chew. What is it? Chew 22? Still on the shelf Chew here at Elusive Comics and Games. 23. Right 23. So awesome. Uh, Mikey, grab Glad that. to hear that. Yeah. And then uh, Dynamite, who's really good at, at relaunching properties from uh, our age, uh, is going to relaunch The Shadow. Ooh. And the first thing they're going With to do is Alec Baldwin. And the first thing they're going to do is reprint the Howard Chaikin Shadow miniseries originally published by DC. Excellent idea. And which, when DC continued it, they kind of messed it up. But the original four issues of Chaikin yes. were great. So we can yes. get that as uh, as a trade paperback in a couple of months. And the then... Th- the only thing better, that was better than that was the, uh, oh, the first run. Um, who did that? Well, Kaluta. Yeah, uh, back Kaluta's, in the 70s. Kaluta's is even better, but the Chaikin's But they are really going good. to continue the shadow, or or I would say a version to the left of Chaikin's. Although Chaikin's didn't really invalidate anything from uh, what was there before. They're going to continue setting it in the 30s, written by Garth Ennis. Oh. So I think Garth Ennis writing the shadow... Uh, Period. And that's Garth Ennis, of course, the guy who wrote Preacher, and so you, you would enjoy... I, I like a Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis, he wrote Hitman. And the shadow somewhere in that rain, um, yeah. I think, is... Uh, Can they make his nose a little smaller, though? No, that always bothers me. No. Part of it. Why did he have a big nose? I don't get it's it. It's part of the disguise. Lamont Cranston didn't have the big nose. Yeah. So he, he puts just it on. grew one? No, it's, it's, oh. a, it's a... In the movie, doesn't he grow a face? Yes, he. yeah, because the movie messed things up. And said, yeah. oh. The shadow really was like his shadow, and so he became he changed, and it was like, so they could make it look like the iconic image, yeah. but it was just weird. It's not mm. that horrible a movie, mm. but yes, it is. Uh, so, but it's got Tim Curry and Sir Ian McKellen. And Penelope, Penelope, what's Penelope, Penelope Miller, Miller yeah. yeah, who is looking good in The Artist. If you've seen The Artist, she's the, they're kind of like... Uh, I have not seen The Artist. Oh. Mm. You Does that have it. prints in it or something? I forget. No. No. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, Marvel has released the first trade paperback of the 12, number one to six. So we're getting ready for those that series to finally finish. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's been another three years before the trade paperback was <laughs> no, no. seven through 12. You're going to cause me pain. Wait, did that come out today? Yeah, yeah. the paperback. Over there. And you highly recommend it? I do. I think the have read it was great. I really want them to finish Or if you forgot what it was about since it came well, out. I may have to buy the paperback just so I didn't know. Well, how many and issues did they come out with originally? Steve just gave you the eight. Brush. Up to eight? eight. Yeah. So, they so there's like two that are... And Steve... So he just Steve, gave you the paintbrush. He gave Steve. me an off fooey. Fooey. It ain't gonna finish. Ah, uh, fooey. Uh, like the 30s. And I should say, another character being revived, and this one actually... I may pick up. IDW is reviving. Heidi W. Popeye. IDW. Oh. oh. Ah, fooey. <laughs> but written by Roger Langridge, who wrote Thor, The Mighty Avenger, and The Muppet Show for Boom. What? Who's doing the art? I don't know. Rob Liefeld. It's in the style, in <laughs> oh, the style of a. Style Wait, that of actually would make sense. Giant no, forearms, giant. You're uh, right. Ass. Okay, Rob Liefeld is and no back. hands or feet. Rob Liefeld is doing the Popeye revival. That'd be Let's awesome. Start over now. But I, Roger Langridge is just knows how to how to create the tone of whatever he's he's doing. Thor: The Mighty Avengers is one of the best books Marvel had last year. Muppet Show was a was an amazingly good book. Here's my hope for that book. They do two or three stories an issue. And that may be like and they don't arc. They don't. They don't have no, any I'm, continued stories. It's just yeah. Because I don't read Popeye for the serialized no, adventures. No, I would read it if it was the trial of Popeye. Because he murdered Bluto because he had some tainted spinach. Starts with olive oil dying and Popeye why, looks, looks like Popeye Why did do you it. spill these ideas out on the podcast when we should just be writing them up? Because I, I don't own the rights of Popeye. <laughs> well, you call him something else. But nobody's ever done the trial of Popeye. I know, it's a good idea. Shut up. Oh, okay. Um, but the interesting thing is the first issue will have Four a variant cover sailor. by Jules Pfeiffer. Okay. When was the last time you've seen Jules Pfeiffer do well ever do ever. anything involved in su- with comics? Never. And all he wants to do is That's get right. back with olive oil, and she keeps bringing. She's like, "You can't see Sweet Pea anymore. Oh, you dude. you're a murderer. Stop <laughs> giving the ideas what? away. You she's should. remarried. Wimpy. Oh, it just it. writes itself. I know. Just an eight pager. Shut up. Write oh, it. Oh, write it. it. All right. You always, you know. Ah, let's go to movies because I'm frustrated. You oh. saw a movie this week. Uh, I did? Oh, yeah. You I saw did. a movie last night. I saw Haywire. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh's... Uh, Who Dave kept calling Steven Soderbergh, which I kept saying, <laughs> Soderbergh, Soderbergh. That's clever, Dave. I don't I don't think he Dave, knew, though. Dave's not here. He wasn't trying to be a no, joke, okay. but... Yeah. Uh, Hard to tell. Yeah, Haywire, the uh, new crime drama 
action drama movie from, from Steve Steven Soderbergh, George Clooney's friend, and um, starring uh, M- MMA artist, mixed martial artist Gina Carano. Carino? Carano. It's Carano. Um, and I don't know. I just think Steven Soderbergh likes to cast women that he would like to have sex with. Because didn't he hire uh, Sasha, Sasha Gray for the girlfriend experience? Yeah. And she was like really a non-actress and she really went nowhere. And Gina Carano, non-actress. She, you know. Um, but her so, acting is worse than Sasha Gray's acting. I never saw Sasha Gray's acting in the girlfriend experience, but uh, yeah, Sorry she's pretty terrible. She's terrible in everything she's done. Everything I've ever seen her in, she was terrible. Yeah. And um, <laughs> But at least her, her stunts are going to have some credibility. Sasha Gray? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew we had to pull this back. Uh, what? Um, yeah, but I will say this. It's a standard Soderbergh film, crime uh-huh. drama. Standard uh, CIA. I mean, there is such thing as a standard Soderbergh film. He's been known for having a bunch of different styles. I don't know. Watch. But you mean sort of like Ocean's Eleven along those like lines? Like Out of Sight. Okay. Like Ocean's Eleven. Okay. Like some of the other ones I didn't see. Um... Exactly. Oh, so once again, basically, uh, but it's got your standard CIA spy gets burnt drama plot line. Okay. But the one thing I will say is it has what's better than standard? Extra standard? High <laughs> standard? Superior standard? Well, I was going to say extraordinary, but I wasn't saying ordinary the whole superior. time. Superior. Okay, superior. I like that. Superior hand to hand fighting. That's what I was saying. Uh, in the film. So. Um, one of the better, let's say, like actually hand-to-hand fighting, uh, like action parts in the movie. Like not a lot of like cool gunplay, um, you know, because that usually you say action movie, you think kind of gunplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but really, what it was all like focused on was her fighting skill. Basically, it was an excuse to get a chick to kick ass. Yeah, there was one uh, scene that I saw where she's fighting in a hallway with this guy, and she like runs backwards up the wall. Kinda, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does some 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 it's, some cool tricks. Yeah. The most impressive thing is that not. I mean, you expect her to be really good in hand-to-hand combat, but like she goes up against Michael Fassbender at one point mm. in, in Channing Tatum. And like when these guys learn, guys learn how to fight, yeah, I mean, yeah. The fight like, scenes are very shot really well. Channing Tatum was a male stripper, so well, he had to fight off a lot. And a GI Joe. There you go. Wow. And he actually was in that movie, The Fighter, which he played a like a. Did he have a minor role in The Fighter? Did he? No, no, no. Was it called The Fighter? Oh, are you thinking of that? There was a mixed martial arts one. I think it was called Fight. That was called Fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember he beats Kung Lee, San yeah. Jose's own Kung Lee, and I was all, uh huh. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't want to sit next to you in a movie theater if you went, uh-huh. but, but the regular actors were actually pretty believable against her. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I will say the the fight scenes were. Sh- and by the way, Mike has seen a test screening. What about a year ago? You said. Yeah, about a year ago. So Mike has some knowledge on the on the haywire too. But um, there's a sequel. No, no, no. But all but basically, <laughs> um. Yeah, just the fight scenes were all shot really great, choreographed really well. I mean, they feel real. I mean, they feel realistic. Um, they're not shot in too close to where you can't see anything. I mean, they're brutal. I mean, the fight scenes are brutal, but it's it's yeah. how you would imagine the people who live that lifestyle to fight. So okay, okay. So that's the selling point. Um, if you're going in for acting and story, you might be a little deprived. But if you want to see yeah. a chick kick ass, and there were actually some audible uh, cheering, actually when that Fassbender uh, mm-hmm. uh, fight ended, like people literally started applauding out loud. So, you know, if you want to see a chick kick ass for real, uh, Haywire's your movie. I see. Well, let's talk about some movie future rumors, um, or at least one. Um, there's this movie coming out, and, and you and I were trying to figure out when it's re- being released in America. Uh, I think it's like February. It's February called Chronicle, which is a found footage superhero film. Is it superhero or just special powers? Special powers. So, uh, so they call Chronicle by a, a young, a 26 year old director mm-hmm. who Lon now hates. Named Josh Trank. <laughs> it's not that I hate him. You I do. just hate his life. You hate his and life. And I want uh, it. Because Josh Trank is rumored to be uh, in talks with with Fox to reboot the Fantastic Four. So, you son of a... Yes. Okay. So, I mean, there's not much... Cue the screaming monkey, Rick. There's... Uh, <laughs> Eek. 
Okay. Wow. Uh, that's a placeholder for the screaming. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I will undoubtedly replace that with a real screaming monkey. And this monkey. is the sound he's going to dub it with. Eek. Eek. He's going to pl- punch in a, a sound effect of that. And um, and then this trailer's been going around the internet the last couple of days, and I don't know if it's a real movie or not. Barry Bostwick uh, from uh, Brad, made Jersey and Rocky Horror Picture Show, and the mayor of and Spin City. And let's not forget City. Megaforce. Oh. How could I forget Megaforce? I paid money for that in the best 80s. hair in that movie was yes. Barry Boswick. Uh, wow. Barry Boswick and um, and Michael Beck. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. Barry Boswick is playing Franklin Delano Roosevelt in this trailer, and it's called FDR American Badass. Hmm. And it's basically that FDR is attacked in the woods by a werewolf who gives him polio, hmm. which accounts for the wheelchair. Hitler, Tojo, and Mussolini are all werewolves. And uh, so, wow. Um, again, I can't decide if it's just a trailer. And uh, who? Oh man, what's the uh, Ray Wise is uh, is uh, MacArthur, and uh, I, can't, I can't. Vampire Hunter. Yes, I can't remember who's playing Eisenhower. What about Churchill? This corn cob. Uh, Churchill's Churchill. in there. Churchill's in there, and uh, Lynn Shay uh, is playing Eleanor Roosevelt, and it's a funny trailer. And I can't decide if it's a real movie. I I might really enjoy it that. Like a grindhouse trailer. <laughs> I don't know. No one seems to know yet. So it just kind of came out and is like, is it a full length film? Uh, but it doesn't have a funnier die or college humor label attached to it. So, which is usually where something like that would be yeah. is like, oh, clever. But so I don't know. Um, but it looks appropriately cheesy and but high enough value that yeah, I might be able to sit through. Uh, 90 minutes later. All I know is Barry Boswick's people are very excited about it. So I'm sure, because people have actually said in the last year, Barry Boswick. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Um, I think what, should, what they should do is save their money and buy the rights to Megaforce and remake that. Wow. I uh, and Get Josh starring, Trank to direct it. Get, get Will Ferrell to star in it. <laughs> oh, in the... Uh, yeah. Lon, I think you should in do it. In the Barry Boswick. Where's show? your ambition? I want, I've been wanting to do a Megaforce remake with Will Ferrell and Jack Black. <laughs> I think that'd be so that would, awesome. That would, that would be funny. And it, get them it, in those skin tight like. It would uh, have, oh my gosh! It would have to be better than the original. Oh, I know. And have them on the flying motorcycles. The, the motorcycle is the best part. Oh yeah. yeah. I've watched that again recently. It is unwatchable. It's <laughs> and I had to like borrow it on VHS. It's uh, I saw it actually tonight at the uh, no at the Nerd Mart. Really? Oh. Two copies. copies. Wow. <laughs> Damn it! I should have bought one. Oh, you sh- well, you should have gone with us. But well, you we understand. We understand. Look, no one. You should have called. You should have called me. No one's blaming been all. you. Megaforce emergency, Lon. Megaforce code three. Honestly, until tonight, I did not know you had a Megaforce. Well, now fetish. we do. Uh, so let's talk. To not you. really a fetish. Oh, I'm going to get into your fetishes in just a moment. Oh, okay. Uh, I want to say a TV. Uh, not rumor, but something that's, that's in the works is the CW announced this week that they are uh, they're ordering a pilot for Green Arrow, uh, based off oh. of the Smallville. No, what? So Greg Berlanti, the Greg Berlanti production company, with the name of which escapes me, uh, Greg Berlanti is the guy. Berlanti Productions, who wrote the, probably the original script for uh, screenplay for Green Lantern, is producing this uh, Green Arrow pilot, and as far as anyone can tell, it has nothing to do with the Justin Hartley character on Smallville, which is a shame because that guy. Talk about okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna cop to it. Man crush on Justin hmm, Hartley. Interesting. Yeah. That would they ever consider bringing? Dude, him? I sat in a room with him. He <laughs> is dreamy. Okay. Shut yeah. up. He's would they ever consider heroic. bringing him back for that? Or you think that I don't know? Re- I don't know. But, if, but it's 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 like the thing when when they're talking about doing a Booster Gold series mm-hmm. is like you should bring back the, the guy, guy that, that played him. Yeah, Smallville. Was that was excellent. perfect. Yeah. But yeah. they're not talking about him, and they're like pretending that Smallville didn't exist. I'm like, really? Because Smallville set up so many great possibilities that if a CW executive would just pull their head out of their fundament no, no. and and peel that D off that C <laughs> and just see what they've already set up. But you have to understand that these are working actors and they can't just... They're already committed to other projects. Really? What is Justin Hartley? He's got a dial soap commercial coming up and he can't do it. He's booked. Yeah. It's, it's He is dreamy. It's the same problem every time. It's just no one's going to make 
their name in Hollywood by by recasting somebody who's proven themselves in the role. They've got to find somebody new who can do better than that, or they'll find a new dimension to it. And it's like, no, just the fans like that one. Just bring yeah. it out. And we wanted yeah. a spinoff. You should have just done a done spin-off. spinoff. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like that little thing that happened with Lois and Clark. Gerard Christopher, who was Superboy, auditioned to play Superman in that, and then they found out that he was. Yeah. That he'd been in Superboy, and they said, "Yeah, you've done it." Yeah. And we got Dean Cain, the least charismatic of all Supermen, <laughs> but he was a great Vandal Savage on Smallville. He was once again. Smallville does it. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying Smallville did it right. Um, well, they did. By the way, you should get that. That they entire, did a lot of good casting. That fantastic, well, they had, great box set. They did yeah. it right for. Maybe four out of the seven seasons. There were ten seasons. Okay. Four out of the ten? Four out of the ten. <laughs> maybe. Four. And the last four. Uh, maybe the last six. Four. They're great. Maybe, maybe yeah. six. There are, even in the early days, there are occasionally really, yeah. really good episodes. It was the it was the, the whole first three seasons of the uh, Kryptonite Monster of the month, of the week. And I, but that's when it was at its most popular. And the people yeah. that weren't into Superman, that was the those were the seasons they watched. But yeah. for us, the last four. If you are a nerd, no. the last had four all the seasons are awesome. Come in with cameos, yes. great. Yeah. The Legion of Doom cameo at the end ticked me yeah. off so much because, like, oh, I see. The series after this one is the one that I've always wanted to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> they had a Legion of Doom cameo. They, yeah. Yes, yeah. they did. They like they just show they have this table, and I can't remember. A Star Girl says, "Like, there's this business, and and, and like someone named Black Manta a, invested, and yeah. then they show, and they have like Solomon Grundy." Captain Cold, Black Manta, Manta, and they're all exactly like the comic yeah, book. Black Manta even had the helmet and everything was awesome. And, yeah. and they're sitting around a table like playing poker. And <laughs> like, no, that's all you're going to show me of these guys? You finally do it exactly the way you dreamed? <laughs> wow, I'm going to have to watch Smallville I now. hate you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. So let's uh, move on. Oh, I am, by the way, so I got on DVD, before we go into the into the current series, I got uh, on DVD Real Steel, the Hugh Jackman giant robot. Ooh, I want to see that. Yeah. No, you don't. I don't? Uh, it was um, a really good special effects. I got to say that I, I, this maybe this is a movie in which, and you guys can pull me back, I was thinking too much about the reality was trying to establish. It struggles very hard to explain why people stopped watching actual boxers and instead did went to robot boxers. But my problem with the world building of this film, and it's full of people I actually like as actors because I didn't like the kid, but um, that um, you have these robots that are incredible pieces of machinery, fine, almost veering on into artificial intelligence but not quite like they, it wants to have it both ways and kind of pulls back from that but nowhere else in the film Are there is, there, is there technology anywhere near <laughs> what they've no. got for the robots yeah. and I yeah. didn't yeah that would piss me off I didn't understand nothing else looks futuristic they, they didn't have yeah. robot cab drivers no, no nothing no, no like robot no. cops or they anything said it was like, like that either. in 2021 or something and there was nothing I mean I don't mind don't change the, the fashions because I don't think fashions change as much as everybody was always predicting well was going to. on the flip side they do have those robot war fighting things that kind of became a uh, the like ones a trend. They did like ten years ago, and they don't do hard. Yeah, anymore. that all the like but, MIT graduates yeah, 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 did but that. That's, but, but that's not mainstream, and this is positive. Those and, aren't really robots. And I just just take the slippery slope though, and go. Yeah. Maybe it started with the nerdy MIT guy. That's and, it, okay, and that's okay. And but, the but sport this wants just to be, grew. This wants to be like Rocky with robots. They said, yeah. They make a thing saying, uh, Hugh Jackman says, yeah, people wanted uh, blood. They wanted the violence. And and real boxing couldn't deliver that. Because if you knock the head off of... And again, I am convinced this started off as a rock and had to be. robot. <laughs> yeah. It had to be. Yeah. But if you knock the head off a robot, the audience gets the blood they want and no one actually dies. They get oil instead. And... Um, it was just kind of. I, I liked the beginning. It had. A, it was actually Sean Levy directed it. Uh, I think he was the guy that was supposed to be attached to the Flash for a while. And My I thought, Night at the Museum. Sean Levy. Is that? Was that Sean Levy? Yeah, I it was. Yeah. Um, okay, another museum. So it was like competently directed, and I thought some really nice setups and really and and, and some ni- nice sequences, but it just never came together. How was my girl uh, Evangeline Lilly in it? Pointless, but again, I think that's the script. She looks good, but that's about but it. But I think it's the script. It's like she's just—it's it, it, so following the numbers of Rocky. Uh, and Can I ask this? Does the little kid say, "Now this is pod racing"? Almost that bad. Oh, <laughs> almost that bad. 
Have you wow. seen him? Like- I've seen it, and, and you're right. The kid is just unwatchable. He's terrible. Unwatchable. I'm going to say, they say you're the people's champion. Sounds yeah. pretty good to me. <laughs> I wanted to shoot him. When they started, <laughs> dan- when they started dancing. Uh, oh, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. There's a dancing scene. Don't do a dancing scene with Hugh Jackman, because he will blow anybody off the screen. Okay? <laughs> Not my Hugh. Wait, yeah. the robot is a dancing scene. The in kid teaches scene? the robot how to dance, basically. Yeah. So again, this is like putting this is you know yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like T two. Does he teach him how to speak yeah. Spanish too? Yeah. Uh, Hasta a, la a vista. robot. I don't want to spoil anything. I will complain to Mike after afterwards. But yeah. I, but it was it was a huge letdown for me, honestly. I will say this: the toys are hella cool. They do look cool. And I will say this: nobody's buying them. So I'm going to wait till they're clearance out of Toys R Us. I'm going to just buy I thought them all. they already yeah. were. Are they? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm there. you got to go. Um, so let's get to the things that you really want to talk about. Let's start with your man crush. What? The Timothy, Rock? Timothy Oliphant. Oh, yeah. Because he's got all such right. long, silky eyelashes. Just like me, baby. Yeah. What? Uh, no, I don't really Season know 3 of Justified premiered last night. Are you guys watching this show? No. no. Fools! Oh. You're all fools! I want to... I, it's on my retirement list. Because I, I know that if I get justified, I will totally power through. I need like three days because I know that I'm going to be so caught up in it that I have to watch the whole thing. Let's just say this. Elmore Leonard-inspired character, Raylan Givens. Yes. I mean, right there. That just says it all. It does. It does for me. Absolutely. Um, You know, U.S. Marshal... Sent back to his backward Kentucky, backward, backwater, yes. Kentucky home. It could be backward as well. Could be backward. Um, it's just a great, well-written drama, acted pretty well by uh, uh, Timothy Oliphant and uh, Walton Goggins, who I was a big fan of from The Shield. Oh, yeah, um, yeah he's good. And uh, the, the, the interplay between them, the, the crossing storylines they have, I mean, it's essentially about just kind of white trash drug running you know but it's it's told in such a way that it's just really i don't know it's i'm i'm justified in watching it okay oh. wow that's that's good okay plus it's got timothy Oliphant. how about spartacus who um with a new actor replacing uh a previous crush when's that come out andy whitfield uh actually i've been on two uh, conference calls with the uh, production oh, yes. crews and yeah, stuff. So well, got, no, we were going to send so it to you, but when's it come out? It starts on the twenty seventh, and you. I've, they, what did I've, you gather? I've seen the first two episodes. Uh, Liam McIntyre yes. is replacing what? What was the other previous actor's name? Andy, Andy Whitworth. Whitworth. Andy Whitworth. Andy Whitfield. Yeah, Whitfield. Andy Whitfield. Whitfield. Who passed away? Who sadly, passed away from cancer. leukemia? And we did. Uh, we met Andy. The, we the party with him. We did. So what's happened? We've we've had a first season of Spartacus. Uh, was the Blood and Sand was the mm-hmm. first season, and then we had Spartacus: Gods of the Arena, which was a prequel. Right. And it was only like what a six episode. It was a very short, six. short. Yeah, yeah. It was like a half. Season. And so now we're on to Spartacus Vengeance, which really gets into the meat of the Spartacus story. It's the the slave rebellion. It's the uh, your little because you're all Spartacus. It's Spartacus. And I really like that they that each season does have that subtitle. I'm all for that kind of keeping track storytelling and keep track and know where you are and yeah. But the the whole thing about the Spartacus story is that the. Rick is just sibilant. It's hmm. you've got you've got the 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 arena guys breaking out and then freeing the other slaves and you ha- you're yeah. building this army, which is what this is about. Yeah. And it's just the beginning part of it right now. But you've also got the characters from the previous stories. So in the second episode, for example, the Doctori uh, character. Oh, the, the, uh, I don't remember his actor Peter name. Mentz, Mentz, the black dude, the big, yeah, the big black dude, the whip. I've got I've got some crib notes here. Because I was never going to remember the names. Yeah, it's Peter Mensa. Hmm. Um, you get a lot of his backstory. It's really, really incredible how he became part of the the house and how he began became the leader of of the. Well, he uh, was like the champion of Capolo for right, a while. You get the story then... of him as a kid going into Ooh. the pit fighting stuff, and Ooh. so you're back into that environment again. That'd be interesting. Um, and I won't. I won't. Not going to spoil too much there. But there's really kind of a cool little twist to the way they're they're going forward and backward in time and telling the stories. There's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, they did that kind of in Gods of the Arena. I yeah. Think. Um, and then you've got again Lucy Laws' character uh, Lucretia. I think is her. And I think so, yeah. she at the end uh, there was a big. Uh, 
out. The big outbreak. The yeah. big jailbreak. The big jailbreak. And she, the everyone rebellion. thought she was dead. And she shows up in the house. Well, she gets afterwards. stabbed in the womb, right. pretty much. And right. she was expecting a child. Right. Yeah, they, she's got a nice scar now. Um, but she's gone over the deep end. She's crazy. She's oh, yeah. walking around. And um, she's probably poised for vengeance, right? Well, she doesn't. she's lost her memory. Oh. And so v- Viva Bianca... The the uh, her, who plays her good friend I can't mm. I really can't remember her name. Um, they all had strange. Names. She's the blonde. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who betrayed, who was kind of crazy yeah, too. But she's she now knows that the lawless character should remember things about her, but she doesn't. And instead, uh, the uh, uh, the blonde the blonde no, the Lucy Lawless character is is a is a symbol. Of the fact that the gods are on the side of the aristocrats who are not uh, and not the slaves, because she was saved from the uprising, and she's almost ah. a prophet now. So, hmm. um, same okay. beautiful, same beautiful sets, same graphics. I mean, you've, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a visually, it's, it's but a then now show. I'll bet they're kind of out of the arena style fighting, right? Or they go back to that? They jump back and forth and you still have the the main uh, gladiators leading things. So, But I mean, they're, they're not actually fighting in an they're arena. They're not fighting in an arena. Because they don't fighting, have a house they're anymore. They're fighting the, the, the soldiers. Right. But that's how like the first two the seasons were all about them fighting right. in, a, in gladiator games. Still enough in flashbacks that you see that stuff still. Oh, okay. So I don't think... It's probably not going to go away. Yeah, because yeah, the story is moving away from that now. They're not they're not slaves anymore, so they're not going to be fighting. Yeah, unless well, they. The yeah. one thing I have to wonder about this show is, you know, one of their trademarks has been these incredibly graphic and high resolution slow motion uh, fight sequences where they'll be going at regular speed and then they'll drop into slow motion I'll for a couple 300, of beats. Kind of, yeah. And then it's the trailing blood coming mm-hmm. out of their mouth. It's like a yard-long string of blood coming <laughs> out of their mouth. That's all digitally added afterwards. Right, right. But I have to wonder how many times they they check those and say, oh, you can't, your your face just looked too goofy in that shot when we slowed you down. We've got to have you come. Because they always, when they when they get to the slow motion start, they are intense and they're they're looking really, but they've got to look goofy every now and then. No, so. They probably can digitally alter those faces. They're prob- <laughs> probably. <laughs> anyway. Or they just hit them for real. Well, yeah. It's I mean, of- if they were really dedicated actors, they mm-hmm. would, totally. But it's coming back on the twenty seventh on Stars, and okay. so it looks it looks wait. really good. Uh, I'm glad to get back to the regular storyline. So let's uh, one genre one that started uh, was it last night? No, two nights ago. Alcatraz. Oh Monday, yeah, yes. Monday, yeah Monday. So tell me, I did not get a chance to watch it because did you catch? I watched the Betty White ninety at the end of the episode. The sound effect. Sound effect. They had a sound wow. effect that was almost exactly like the the end every the end of every lost episode had that oh, yeah. thing. Did you hear it? I, I thought I heard it, but yeah. I wasn't sure if it was because it was like a lost type twist, it's, it's, or it was, is it in my mind that I heard it? Or yeah, yeah, there was quite a. The, the, it wasn't like a slow playing trumpet. It wasn't no. a slow playing trumpet. But it was like it was like in a whoosh kind of sound. It it was like, a, they they did the wire thing at the beginning. I would have loved it better if they just went Alcatraz <laughs> and just Jazz ended hands. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How about the show itself? Instead of the closing sound effect, the show itself is pretty cool. I, I was, We're going to talk less about the about the show than the sound effect. I am. Go ahead, Rick. We'll, Rick will do his side. the The premise of this seemed pretty sketchy to begin with. It's yeah. kind of like let's do a show about Alcatraz. What can we do? Well, and then let's make. What is the premise mission. for those who don't know? The premise is that uh, in 1962, the all the prisoners and the guards on Alcatraz disappeared, and mm-hmm. there was a big cover-up to say that they were all transferred to other prisons. But in fact, I no, was wondering because no I thought they'd been transferred. No one knows where they where they okay. went or why. Can I pause you there for a second? I was sure. confused. Were they saying all the prisoners disappeared or only a select few disappeared? No, all of them. Okay. It's confusing because they call them the, the 62, 62, but that's because it's 1962. See, that's where I was getting confused because right. oh. I kept thinking, yeah, I, I did 360 I did a double take though, on that or? a couple of times. No, it was, they, they show you that one hallway of photographs, but it's implied that there are more hallways with photographs. Mm-hmm. And they show the guards, too. Hmm. And but okay. So they're coming back one at a time. So one at a time, these... Uh, really violent uh, criminals are coming back to modern day San Francisco. Yeah, 
and so far we've had a guy who was just out for vengeance against uh, one of the one of the uh, prison executives. But he also had tasks to do. Yeah, like the, he had some kind of somebody pulling his strings. There's there's there is obviously there's a there's an organization that's been around for a while waiting for this to happen. How they knew it was going to happen, right? So there is a knows? show conspiracy. There yeah. is there, there's there's multiple levels of conspiracy because you have the conspiracy on the organized um, the investigator side, into which this tough as nails but heart of gold street cop woman who's like nineteen, yeah, um, and she, <laughs> she did and look strangely young, cute. They even make a thing of that in the show. Aren't you a little young to be a detective? And like, well, I was raised by a detective, and yeah. I was, and then they just kind of like, oh, all right, that's all we had to say. And then uh, Hurley <laughs> from uh, is he's actually an expert on the Alcatraz uh, history. He's like an author, right? right so right. he he knows, you know, he'll you give him a couple of clues, and he'll be yeah. able to tell you which prisoner it is. Yeah. He's basically the exposition guy. Yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Basil is his first name. Is that what it is? Okay. Basil Exposition. And then. Who- <laughs> <laughs> Who's the uh, the actor? I was Sam, Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Sam I always think Sam Which Water. Which makes me want to watch that show. And he is yeah. damn creepy in this show. Sam he's Neil not is, bad. I he's like Sam bad. Neil. No, he's pretty creepy. He's good. They they they, they always end with him going to. I, I, I mean, I think that's, of it, that's Damien, man. That's the Omen. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he was the kid in the Omen. No, he was the when they did in the, the third, third one. The third one when he was an adult, Damien Thorne. Oh, he really? is the, That was his film yeah. debut. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. He's no, creepy. They end up on this. On oh, wait, this. spoiler though. Should we say spoiler alert on no, it? Or? Don't tell me anything. No. Well, I don't think it's that it's much. Too late. There's an. There's kind of a, a, a Raiders of the Last Lost <sighs> Ark element to this, where um, I won't go any further. I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm trying to think at of how end. you're referencing it. I think, I think end, we've really. got enough. I think yeah, we've I got enough. Okay. Well, that's that's it's the on plot demand right now. You can still catch it. Catch up on it. Yeah, but we didn't tell you how we thought about it though. He well, was just giving the okay, premise. Okay, so you, what do you think? Well, I, I wanted you to go first. Uh, I'm, the, I'm, Alfonso I have not found a reason not to watch it. Um, you have, you found I have a reason. Not found a reason oh. not to watch it. I'm not sure I'm, how that fits in the Rick Brechtschneider recommendation scale. The, the the problem is, oh, no. they are spinning this thing in so many dimensions. I don't know the problem. They had some problems with uh, with drawing things out in Lost. That they finally, towards the end, they started giving us stuff faster, and we learn more things faster. And this one looks—if they drag this stuff out, if we—if they're satisfied with a couple seasons of these guys just coming back and us not finding anything out about the conspiracy, the show's dead. They need to start. They need to craft. I mean, it's the same thing. Fringe. Fringe. The first season was more about the little events that happened, and we didn't get that much of the conspiracy. And we should also mm-hmm. explain too that the two-hour season premiere it was really was just actually two just two single episodes, yeah. two-hour-long episodes. Um, and within the two episodes, you're right. They didn't really go into. We found a little. You bit get out. little tastes of this. I love and, and the thing is, it's almost like you have to put together the story in your head and they're not really giving you anything what's so the, what's the actor the actor who played hugo i i jorge or, garcia jorge, jorge i loved his line because he built himself a bat cave under alcatraz right right mm-hmm. yeah that was there was a lot of kind of just quick under explained stuff but um i tried to I, I watched it and tried to get into it and the thing that got me about it was it's basically in my opinion criminal minds on Alcatraz, or the little like supernatural thrown some in science fiction, because essentially what the plot is, basically every week on Criminal Minds, um, there's a, there's a crime, and then they have to fight. They have to basically psychoanalyze or or predict where the guy's going to strike next so they can find him, and then they catch him at the end of the show. Yeah, I'm going to dislike it if it's like every week it's a different, very short time frame that they have to. If for right. the first for the first guy it was like. Uh, it was very, very quick. They had to find it before he got to before this guy. He killed somebody and then it, the else next too. guy was like, "This guy does three assassin, three killings over three hiding. days, and then he goes underground." So we only if we got to catch him. Exactly like one. criminal minds. It's like, uh, don't don't do that to me every week. Well, if that's the way it's going to be. Then that's yeah. already. I was like, eh, I'm kind of losing interest. But I, but you're right though. It, it needed more of the conspiracy factor to get me interested because villain of the week. Really, yeah. is not going to keep my. I interest. need to see these guys do something. I need to see them appear. I mean, the, the first guy just appeared in the cell, and he got he got back over to the island. I'm not spoiling anything, really. He hmm. got back over to the island by taking the tour tour boat boat back over. But he ha- uh, But the second guy, he's just in the city. 
Mm-hmm. How did he get to the city? Where and did he disappear? This, yeah. It's it, mm-hmm. and these aren't really when they reveal them, they're not going to be big reveals. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been reading mixed reviews on this. So, yeah. uh, but I, I do want to check it out. So, cool. We'll we'll check back in if you uh, give it the old Flash Gordon six episode try. And uh, <laughs> wait, one last thing. What do you think of the lead? If they're rock men, anyway. What do you <laughs> think of the lead chick? Uh, the lead woman. She sure did seem young, but she also. She also did the action stuff well enough that I'm w- I'm willing to give her a chance. Yeah, I just could not believe she was a detective. It yeah. just it was just I. She seems like she's all of like 22 years old, right? Okay. And they did a scene where they first get to Alcatraz and they're walking up and down all these stairs. Yeah, and Hurley was not winded at all. And I was I'm he all, pronates a lot. I was, and having walked up and down stairs with Lon, Lopez I'm just saying, and thinking I had led him to his death. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying he and was, having met Jorge Garcia as we did once. I'm just saying all those stairs, and for him to keep talking with all that exposition, that was some good editing. That's all really about sucks. five steps in. It should have been stairs. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. that's my last final word. Well, all right then. So, if you have any other final words, comments, questions, commentary, whatever, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Until next week, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of Fanboy Planet. Lon, winded by stairs, Lopez. Mike, just in from LA, Flores. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Stairs, really? <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Cut it. Um, cut it. No. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Lukeski at www.lukeski.com.